Hello? Hello. Hi. Who am I talking to? Alyssa. I'm in second grade, and I'm a Brownie Girl Scout. And Alyssa, we want to try to get people to donate to NPR, and so I want you to tell us all of your tricks about how you get people to buy Girl Scout cookies. Okay. Okay. You have to be smart because it's really hard work to sell cookies. Right. Okay. We can do that. We can be smart. Next one. Always be cute. <laughs> because if you, you be cute, you they, they will love you and give you money and have your cookies. <laughs> okay. So you have to look cute. We're cute. What if someone says, oh, no, thank you. I don't want any Girl Scout cookies today. What do you say? You say, thank you for listening, and then we'll walk away because we always have to be friendly and not mean. So you say, okay, well, thank you anyways. Thanks for listening. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good approach, too. Will you tell people where they can donate to NPR? Donate.npr.org slash planet money. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Planet Money from NPR. There is an old quote about artists from Paul Gardner, himself an artist. He said, a painting is never finished. It simply stops in interesting places. Which is exactly what we tell ourselves here at Planet Money as we try and put out two shows a week. Sure, we travel the globe looking for compelling stories about economics, the most fascinating characters we can find, and we beg, beg for time to tell the story. We'd spend years working on each one. But there are deadlines, there are shows to put out, and so we end each story. And even as we're pushing the send button or, you know, however podcasts get up there, which I'm still not sure about, but even at that moment, we feel like the podcast isn't really finished. It's just hopefully stopping in one of those interesting places. Well, today on our yearly update show, we're going back to those places and we're going to tell you what happened after we turned off our microphones. It is an annual tradition we have named after the catchphrase of my favorite old-timey radio reporter, Paul Harvey. We call it the rest of the story, or the way he put it, the rest of the story. 2019. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Robert Smith. Today on the show, we will check in on the vast mail delivery conspiracy known popularly as the Universal Postal Union. We'll find out what happened to that plane that got stuck in Iran, and we'll do the numbers on how much that mattress mogul lost betting on baseball. Interesting places just ahead. Planet Money has a newsletter. We keep you up to date with stories about Federal Reserve decisions, the housing market, opium scooters it's just the right amount of economics weekly go to npr.org slash planet money newsletter time now for sports <sighs> dun, 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 dun. robert smith do you remember actually five years ago now this is jacob goldstein speaking you and i did a story it's weird the way you refer to me in the third person when we're sitting right next to each other about the ncaa uh, college sports, and specifically about should college athletes be paid? And even more specifically than that, we talked to Ed O'Bannon. You remember this? I remember this because Ed O'Bannon stumbled upon his own face, right? Yes. His own face in a video game. Yeah, he had been a, like a star basketball player at UCLA back in the 90s. And then this was way after that. Uh, he's at a friend's house, and his friend is like, 
I just bought a video game with you in it. And then Ed O'Bannon starts watching himself in a video game. So weird. Yeah, and he told us what he thought when he heard it. While he was playing, you know, my friend, he says, what's crazy about this is, you know, we paid, I don't know, $100 or whatever for the game, uh, and you didn't see any of it, and you didn't get a dime. And, you know, when he said it, uh, I I felt like I had been kicked. Because at the time, people who were amateur athletes. They had signed up for that. They knew they were not going to get paid for actually playing. But this was clearly a use of his image, of his likeness, in order to make money for somebody else. Yes. And so O'Bannon became the lead plaintiff and like the face of this big federal lawsuit, right? And the lawsuit was arguing not that colleges should pay athletes, but just that athletes should be able to get paid to like be in video games or endorse shoes or whatever. So That was the story we originally did. What happened with that case was the athletes sort of won, but not really. In the end, the courts were like, maybe you can get a little more money in scholarships, but basically, no, you can't get a bunch of money from endorsement. This was when? 2015 was when the appeals court made that finding. And then this year, uh, the California legislature passed a bill that basically said, Starting in 2023, I guess we say 2023 now, college students in California would be allowed to be paid for name, image, and likeness, for this thing that Ed O'Bannon wanted to to be able to get paid for. So they'd passed the bill, and the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, hadn't signed it yet. And he went on this HBO show called The Shop to talk about it. And in particular, he was talking about how all the college presidents were calling him on the phone, trying to get him not to sign the bill, to veto the bill. Not to do it. Sure. What did they say? What the hell are you doing destroying college sports? They're saying you're destroying the purity of amateurism. Not once did they talk about the needs of these kids. Will they even listen to you? You're, will they listen to the other side? They're going side? after I sign this. And, because <laughs> and, that's, that's the whole and, damn point. And, it's the power arrangement. The minute we sign this, all of a sudden, now they have to deal with California. And then, Robert, genius PR stunt. I have to give it to him. Right there on the show, Newsom signed the bill into law. No. Let's do it, man. All right. They are good at show business in California. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So do we know what the impact of this is going to be? I mean, is this one of those, like, as goes California, so goes the nation? So the NCAA had, unsurprisingly, lobbied against this bill. They'd called it unconstitutional. But, you know, pretty much as soon as it became law in California, of course, all these other states, especially big football states, started considering their bills. And a few weeks later, in October of this year, the board of the NCAA voted unanimously that they were going to allow students to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. So we don't know the details, but basically Ed O'Bannon, he lost in court, but it looks pretty clear that college athletes are going to be able to get paid. And when they make the movie, this is the moment when the slow clap starts. O'Bannon walking back out onto the court at Poly Pavilion. Yeah, maybe a little limp. Hands. And then on the Jumbotron, it's him in the video game, and then just cash raining down. <laughs> Jacob Goldstein, thank you very much for the update. Yeah, it's a good one. Next up, a show that really did end in a mysterious and very interesting place. Picture it, if you will. 
an American airplane, a 737 MAX, run by Norwegian Air, parked on a runway in the middle of Iran, stranded, and no one knows what to do about it. That's how our podcast ended, hosted by Karen Duffin, who joins us now. Hello, Robert. So recap for us the problem that this plane had. Okay, so it's the holidays. People are trying to fly from Dubai to Oslo. But as the plane flies over Iran, there's engine problems, and they are forced to ground the plane in Iran. Nobody on that plane had a visa to get into Iran. Everyone's freaking out. But there are solutions to that. There are solutions to that. In fact, they got out the very next day. But the plane that they flew in on, that was the bigger problem. Because this plane needed new engine parts, and it is an American-made engine. And because of U.S. sanctions... Nothing American can be sold to Iran. Nothing with more than 10% American-made parts could come into Iran. And so there's no real solution because you can't make the parts, you can't get them from any place but America, and international diplomacy and sanctions were keeping this plane where it was. So that's how the podcast ended. What's your update? Okay, so what Norwegian Air needed was a waiver on the sanctions from the U.S. Treasury Department. And they were able to get this waiver, and two months later, a Russian cargo plane flew in the parts that they needed to Iran, they fixed the plane, and finally... This plane got out of Iran. So, like, happy ending. Like, the plane's out there, you know, like a celebrity plane, and you can pay extra to fly on it. And uh, So this plane is a 737 MAX, a Boeing 737 oh, MAX. Oh, yes. Right. You may have heard that. Which, of that. course, was grounded. Yes. So it's not flying. Where is it? The plane is currently stuck in Copenhagen until the 737 MAXs resume their flights. Well, uh, I suppose we'll check in on it next year. Thanks, right. Karen. No problem. Kenny coming in, Kenny coming in, Kenny coming in. It is Kenny Malone who just got back from New Zealand where he was working on a story, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, right don't now. spoil that. I'm not going to spoil it, but we're so excited to have you back. Thanks, man. I, uh, I'm still very jet lagged, uh, which is my excuse if this segment is not good. No, this segment is going to be great because today's update is based on one of my favorite stories that you did this year. It was from an oh. episode called Three Bats. Yeah. And one of the bats was a kind of mystery. It was back in 2017, and someone was placing millions and millions of dollars on the Houston Astros to win the World Series. Yeah, the mystery was these bets were so big, they were moving betting markets. Did this person have insider information? Had this person fixed the World Series? No. The answer was somehow even stranger than that, and it began with the man in this video. Hi, folks, this is Mattress Mac. If your mattress is older than 10 years old, pick it up and throw it out. Come together. And you can't see this <laughs> on the podcast, but Mattress Mac wears a mattress like a poncho. That is just his couture. He loves to wear an assortment of mattress accessories. Yes, Jim uh, Mackingvale owns mattress stores in and around Houston, Texas. People love this there. And uh, we learned that back in 2017, Mattress Mac had run a promotion that got a little out of control. The deal was that if you bought a mattress from him for $3,000 or more, and then the hometown baseball team, the Houston Astros, if they won the World Series... Then you got a full refund. Full refund. Your mattress was free. You could sleep the sleep of a winner. Problem was, the Astros were very good that season. Oh, and no. so... As the World Series got closer, more and more people bought mattresses, $13 million worth more, Mac told us, than he expected. 
Yeah, it was, but, you know, there's always opportunities to hedge in Nevada. Hedge is a technical finance term, which yes. means you can take the opposite bet of something in order mm-hmm. to reduce your losses. And so what he meant is he went to do sports betting. Yes, Mac put millions and millions of dollars on the Houston Astros so that if they won the World Series, he would win a bunch of money, which he could then use to pay out all those mattress refunds he would owe. And that is Genius. exactly what happened. Yeah. The promotion had gotten a little bigger than he thought, but he managed to save it by sports betting. And some people, Robert, they might count their blessings and never run a promotion like that again. Yes, but some people wouldn't be wearing a mattress no. around the city. No one is Mattress Mac, but Mattress Mac. Hi, this is Mac. Hey, Mac. It's Kenny Malone from Planet Money. How are you? Hey, Kenny. How are you? Good. I heard you had been making some more bets. (laughs) Mac ran the promotion again this season, and it blew up way bigger this time, in part, Mac says, because one of their best pitchers happened to throw a no-hitter over Labor Day weekend. And why, Robert? Do we care about Labor Day weekend? Because if you're going to buy a mattress, come Mm -hmm. on. That is what the holiday was designed for biggest mattress weekend of the year that spiked the sales so it was quite a promotion uh how how much money's worth of qualifying mattresses had sold oh it was at least uh you know 25 to 30 million oh that's a lot of mattresses yeah it was 13 million dollars back in 2017 30 million this time around and so he was going to have to hedge a lot more bets this time around and interestingly One big change that's happened since 2017 is that a lot of states have legalized sports betting. So Mac spent a good chunk of 2019 not just flying to Las Vegas, but flying all over the country to place big bets. I bet in Las Vegas. I bet in New Jersey. I bet in Mississippi. And strangely enough, the Scarlet Pearl Casino in uh, Mississippi took more action than any other casino. How much did, were you able to put at the Scarlet Pearl Casino in Mississippi? Uh, between 7 and $8 million. So the big drama now in this story is who won the World Series? I, I literally forgot. Do you not know? Well, okay. No, the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals yes, of beat big story. the Houston Astros. Mac had about $14 million on the Astros. But, of course, it's not just like he loses that money. Because the Astros didn't win the World Series, he doesn't have to pay out that $30 million in rebates. Plus, Mac is pretty famous for this now. He got a lot of press coverage. And so it was a pretty savvy marketing effort in the end as well. You're probably the most famous sports better in the country at this point. I don't know if that's a title I want, but I certainly... Uh, <laughs> uh, We had a lot of fun doing it, and it didn't quite cross the finish line. Robert. Yes? He's doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) He loves it. One of these days, it's not going to work. It's always going to work for Mattress Mac. Thanks, Kenny. You got it. After the break, the rest of the rest of the story. The Indicator is a little show that tells big stories about the economy. In just 10 minutes, we tackle important topics like unemployment, the housing market, and how Justin Bieber saved the Icelandic economy. That happened. NPR's The Indicator from Planet Money. Listen now. There is nothing more boring than the postal system. But that is exactly what they want you to think. (laughs) That laughter... 
is Mr. Nick Fountain. Yeah, so you remember that in 2018, Kenny and I went and met this guy in New Jersey. His name was Jamie Smaldone, and he makes this, like, travel mug that now we have a bunch of them all over the office. Yeah, this was an amazing mug, and he looks online and he notices, okay, there are people knocking off my mug in China. But then he looks a little closer and he sees that the price of shipping these mugs from China, from China to the U.S., is cheaper than him shipping his mug just like across the street in New Jersey. Amazing. And so Jamie Smaldone sent everyone at Planet Money messages on LinkedIn that said, there is this international conspiracy of postal people who are keeping down international postage rates and screwing over my small business. Look, look, I, I realize how it sounds, but it's it, like, look, look where we are, right? Like you're here. I knew that you guys would eventually be here. And what we discovered in reporting out the show was that, yes, indeed, there is this organization. They're called the Universal Postal Union. He was right. And they do sort of control the international postage rates. And because of the way they set things up, rates to send packages to the U.S. from China were super low. So that's where we left things off with the story. We uncovered a little bit of the conspiracy, but this podcast that you put out actually changed the world. Not going to go that far, but Jamie certainly changed the world. I think the world is mostly the same. Maybe Postal has changed a bit, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't don't know that the entire world has changed uh, all that much. The world postal system, you're right, has changed a lot. Uh, what's, What's happened since we last saw you? So... The president about a year ago put in notice that we were going. the U.S. was going to withdraw from the Universal Postal Union. Even Jamie was kind of surprised at how bold of a negotiating tactic that was. It made him kind of nervous. I was like, oh, boy, I wasn't. That was, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. And in response, the Universal Postal Union had a special meeting and a plan to tweak the rates was proposed. So were you watching the live stream? I, I watched a bit of it, but it's, you know, as you can imagine, it's, Oof. it's, it's, yeah. It's real boring. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm more of a ESPN highlights, you know, just give, give, give me the, the top plays of the night rather than watch the whole game. Robert, ESPN highlight version, they worked out a deal. Postage rates going from China to the U.S. are going to double or triple sometimes. And the subsidy is effectively going to be over. So we'll notice this. I mean, I have very much enjoyed getting cheap stuff sent to me for pretty much nothing. Free shipping from China. Are you saying that's probably going to end? Oh, 100%. It's over. Jamie, is this your fault? <laughs> <laughs> it was great while it lasted for you, I guess. But, you know, everything comes to an end. Sure. And Jamie told me that this whole year has been wild. He's been to D.C. like a dozen times. And maybe the capstone of all those trips was when he went to a meeting right across the street from the White House. Everyone who was anyone in postal policy was there. I met the head of the, the Universal Postal Union. No yeah, way. I swear, I have a picture of the two of us. <laughs> he, he, he's like, who are you? I said, Mighty Mug. And I think he thought like, oh, no. <laughs> you were strangely obsessed with the mail. <laughs> but guess what? I'm done with it. It's over. Jamie Smalltone, vindicated. Guy is an American hero. Or a postal union villain, depending on how you look at it. Nick Fountain, thank you very much. Thanks, Robert.
You know, we were going to end this show right there, but but there is one last late-breaking update. Kenny Malone comes back into the studio. What do we got? Since the last time we talked, <laughs> which Mattress was, Mac... Which was like five minutes ago. Mattress yeah, but yes. Mac has changed his mind. He's he's giving up gambling forever. He realizes the error of his ways, and no. he's done. No, no. No, that's not no, it. No, of course that's not it. He'll, he'll gamble forever, I think. This is from an episode <laughs> that you did just a few weeks ago about yes. car repossession. Yes. Um, one of the people we interviewed in this story was a, a woman named Stephanie Waldrop, who had just had her car repossessed when we talked to her. Very sympathetic story. We learned that she had 10 days to get her car back or else it would be auctioned off. And after the story ran, tons of people reached out asking how they could help Stephanie. She set up a GoFundMe account and donations poured in. I'm looking here at, at a live. It is, it is still going, right? This GoFundMe page. And there are people here who have given $25, $50, a couple $500 donations to help Stephanie get her car back. Yes. Um, Preeti Varathan, the co-reporter on this story, and I called up Stephanie and she was shocked by the response. So I was sitting there and I looked at my account and my boyfriend's in the shower. And I seen it was like, it showed me how much I had in there. It was $1,900. I just immediately freaked out. And I was like, I'm getting my car. (laughs) I screamed it. He was probably thinking, what is wrong? Stephanie told us that she immediately called her lender and said, do not auction my car. I have the money. And when Preeti and I got on the phone with Stephanie, she had just gotten home from getting the car. Is there anything you want to say to to the listeners who, who reached out to help? Absolutely. I want to say thank you. Thank you guys so much. Like, if I could right now, I'd give you a hug. <laughs> Stephanie, you said you got your car an hour ago. About an hour, hour and a half ago. Have you gone for a drive yet? I have. I drove it all the way back home. It took about 20 minutes drive. Oh, it felt so great. <laughs> it felt so great when I got behind the wheel of my car. As always, we would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback on today's show or anything you want us to update, send us an email, planetmoney at npr.org. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are generally at Planet Money. Generally, that's where we're at all the time. Our show is produced today by the great Nick Fountain. Our overnight producer... In New Zealand, Darian Woods. Isaac Rodriguez engineered this episode. Alex Goldmark is our supervising producer. Bryant Erstett edits the show. I'm Kenny Malone. And I'm Robert Smith. This is NPR. Now you know the rest of the story. 2019. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.